Hello there guys and a very warm welcome back from me, the old cheeser. I hope you've all been having a wonderful weekend. Good to have you here again. Uh, a most bodacious and excellent weekend in fact. Now, on that note, uh, my partner and myself went uh, recently to see Bill and Ted Face the Music, which is the sequel to the previous two Bill and Ted movies, the last one actually being produced nearly 30 years ago. Really quite scary when you think about it. I do remember those films coming out quite vividly. Um, well, my partner and I, we actually went to see it at the local Odeon, and this was the first time that I'd actually ventured out to the cinema in some time in this COVID uh, environment that we're in at the moment. And um, it was quite a strange experience, I've got to say. The cinema was very, very quiet. Um, the coffee shop there was completely closed up. And when we went into the cinema itself, I think there were probably only about five people sitting in there in total and this was on a Saturday night so it was really quite sad really in some respects. Um, having said that though it was great to be back in a cinema environment and to see something up there on the big screen in glorious Technicolor and stereo sound so so that was good. I just hope that um, we're going to get back to some sort of normality at some stage when we've we've got a packed cinema with lots of people. Now you know in view of the fact that Bill and Ted is actually a comedy um, I think I might have heard the odd titter coming from someone sitting up front but uh, it wasn't exactly rocking with laughter and that was all obviously down to the fact that we had so very few people in there so let's hope that things do change soon there I guess guys. So back to Bill and Ted face the music then right well um, I'm sure a lot of you probably know but uh, the two main characters in the movie Ted Theodore Logan uh, played by Keanu Reeves and William S. Bill Preston played by Alex Winter they're the leading protagonists and um, this movie takes place and many years on from the original Bill and Ted movies um, the point at which this movie is happening Bill and Ted have now become middle-aged married men they've got their own daughters who spookily or should that be appropriately enough resemble younger versions of Bill and Ted themselves um, now, as for Bill and Ted themselves, well, personality and character-wise, um, they didn't really seem to have matured much from their previous teenage selves in this movie. And therein lies the joke, I think. Well, at the start of the movie, the opening scene, we see Bill and Ted, they're actually at the wedding of Bill's stepmom, Missy, um, who was also a character from previous movies. Um, she's now married yet again, this time to Ted's little brother, Deacon. Uh, Missy having been previously married to Bill's father and then Ted's father. And in the opening scene, Bill and Ted's band Wild Stallions attempt to perform a wedding song to pretty disastrous effect. Uh, the song's absolutely terrible. And Ted's father ends up berating them for the fact that they still don't have proper jobs, even though they're now presumably in their 50s. Um, well, I know for a fact that Keanu Reeves definitely is. Um, they're also having marital problems and they're in counselling with their wives, the princesses, who are thinking of leaving them. And as if all of that wasn't bad enough, time and space are actually beginning to collapse. And this is all because of the prophesied song that Bill and Ted were supposed to have written to unite the world, which they still haven't produced. However, then... Kelly, who is the daughter of Bill and Ted's deceased time-travelling guide Rufus, arrives in a phone box to take them to the future. And in the future they meet Kelly's mother, 
known as the Great Leader, who tells them that they have until 7.17pm that night to write the song or reality will collapse. Right, so that was a little synopsis of the movie there for you, a bit of background there. Now let me give you my critical view on it for a few minutes, folks. Well, um, the rest of the movie was uh, very fast-paced, it was very fast-moving, it was quite a romp. Um, While it wasn't exactly full of depth, it was definitely entertaining enough, which is uh, in a very similar vein to the prequels, I think. And as an affectionate return to familiar territory, I thought it worked well, and it was definitely enjoyable. Um, Both of the leads, that's Keanu and Alex, they are definitely looking older. And um, I think I definitely prefer Keanu with a beard these days because he was looking a bit gaunt and tired without it, I thought. Um, Well, they still utter all of those immortal Bill and Ted lines like excellent and most bodacious and heinous, etc. And um, I really like the way that we get their pseudo-intellectual Lexus juxtaposed with the more, perhaps, vacuous aspects of their characters. It's a bit of a Bill and Ted trademark there. Now, another aspect of their personas that I've always liked is the fact that I think, despite being heavy metal and rock fans, there's never actually been anything unpleasant or aggressive about them. They're essentially just a pair of sweet, natured guys with their hearts in the right places, and they want to do the right thing. And um, in fact, Keanu Reeves has often played characters in that vein before. More of that anon. Well, having said that, um, we did get to also see Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter playing alternative, nastier versions of Bill and Ted in different time zones. Um, One version being when they travel to the recent future to meet their more successful selves, who are dressed in outlandish outfits and speaking in cod English accents. And um. I've got to say that Keanu's attempt at speaking posh blighty was a lot more convincing than his performance in Dracula back in the 1990s as Jonathan Harker. Who remembers that one? Um, Again, I'll come back to that topic a little bit later. Well, I guess Keanu has had a few decades to hone his accent a little bit and get a bit better at talking English, basically. Well, moving on, uh, talking about the film, um, we have Samara Weaving playing Theodora Thea Preston, uh, that's Bill's daughter, and Bridget Lundy-Payne plays Wilhelmina Billy Logan, Ted's daughter, and both actresses, I think, give it a decent shot, although I did find Billy's character the more convincing of the two, with Bridget L.P. putting in a a very well-observed retread of Ted, I think. She had precisely the same kind of mannerisms as her father, the same sort of shakes of the head, the accent, the idiosyncrasies, etc. They were all done to a T. Um, Samara Weaving's character, I thought, came over as a bit bland and nondescript by comparison. It was also good to see the daughters and females taking a lead role in the action. Um, So, uh, basically, Thea and Billy, to assist Bill and Ted, they use Kelly's time machine and they go back in time and they recruit lots of musicians who they find in different time zones, like Jimi Hendrix and Louis Armstrong, uh, Mozart, Ling Lun and Grom, who's a prehistoric drummer. Uh, They take them all back to the present and form a super band so that their dads can perform the song that will save the universe at the end of the movie. Um, It was also nice to see Bill and Ted's wives back again, the princesses who they'd met whilst time-travelling in a previous adventure and who they bring back to modern-day America. 
So, um, so, sticking with the subject of Keanu Reeves then, well, I thought this would be a good opportunity to talk some more about some of his many other film offerings, and in particular I wanted to chat about the movies that he'd starred in at the start of his career in the late 1980s and early 1990s. Now, uh, like Mr Reeves, I was, um, I was considerably younger then, and I, I've got to admit, I did actually have a bit of a thing for Keanu back in the day and was quite an avid viewer of his earlier stuff. Um, Post Speed, that was the film that was made in 1994, uh, set aboard a bus with starring Sandra Bullock as well. Um, I did kind of lose interest after that, um, probably because Keanu moved into making more action and thriller-based oriented films, and those weren't entirely my thing. Um, I did see the Matrix movies, which were pretty amazing in their way, but those probably appealed more to me because of the sci-fi and alternative reality elements. Um, I've never seen any of the John Wick movies, and I don't really have a desire to, to be honest with you. Um, there was a movie I remember that he did in the early 2000s, Keanu, called The Watcher, and in that he played a serial killer, but I remember thinking that he was pretty mis- miscast in the role, and the film was a bit of a dud from what I recall. So, rather like Bill and Ted's time-travelling phone box, I say we go further back in time instead. Well, um, what's this thing I've got about Keanu, I hear you asking yourselves then? Well, it's got to be said, I think looks-wise, he definitely straddles the line between handsome and pretty very nicely. And uh, back then, he was even prettier, something that definitely appealed to me. Um, He's got an interesting heritage. Uh, Keanu Reeves was born in Beirut in Lebanon, and uh, his mother is English, and his father is Hawaiian, but also has Chinese, English, Irish, native Hawaiian, and Portuguese uh, heritage. Uh, So quite an interesting kind of mix there of races. And I think when you look at kind of Keanu physically and facially, you can see kind of those different ethnicities there. Also, fact fans, did you know that the name Keanu actually means cool mountain breeze? Well, if you didn't, you do now. Very nice. Um, I also like the fact that he's very tall. He's obviously kept himself in good shape. Now, as for Keanu's acting skills, well, okay, here comes the critical part. Um, I'm sure a lot of you are probably very aware, I certainly am, that he's often been viewed as not always the most gifted of thespians and sometimes has come over as rather wooden and unconvincing in some of his chosen roles, probably more so back then. Um, I will concede that he could have played some of his characters with more weight and gravitas and it did feel sometimes as though he was essentially just playing variations of the slacker dude persona of Ted and consequently rather lacking in range and yet, rather like the aforementioned Ted, I often felt that there was something very sweet and endearing about Keanu Reeves' performances. So, I mean, if I was going to give him a school report, it would probably be something like a, a C and D as an overall grade, but I'd, I'd give him a one for effort, I think, because he was always trying. Now, um, I also like the fact that Keanu Reeves has, for a considerable time, eschewed the whole Hollywood system thing. He's very much been his own man. Um, something of a new hippie, living an alternative lifestyle, and you don't see his private life being splashed all over the newspapers. 
Um, in interviews, he often comes across as very thoughtful and sincere, a genuinely nice guy who's not remotely arrogant or pretentious. Um, I saw him, a case in point, on Graham Norton a few years ago, and he came over as very modest and unassuming. Okay, well, you know, some people might view that as being boring uh, in their eyes, but I think that it's actually refreshing to see a normal person who also happens to be a major Hollywood star. Now, um, just a little bit earlier, in fact, I went online and I found a, a very cute recent interview with Keanu Reeves. Well, um, he was pulling out lots of questions from a glass jar that viewers and fans had sent in to him, which he then answered, and he was surrounded by a load of puppies, and he was obviously enjoying the puppies there, although they were a little bit manic. Um, there was a comment that was posted on this uh, on this clip on YouTube. Someone had said that he's the most he's like the most relatable introvert ever, which I think was a good sort of summation of him. Um, and in the interview he does come across being very sort of genuine and, and down to earth there and kind of friendly um, he talks about uh, peanut butter and honey sandwiches being his favourite and then another topic that he talks about there is his love of motorcycles something in fact that you often see incorporated into his movies like My Own Private Idaho uh, and Permanent Record which I'm going to talk about a bit later um, when he's asked about his love of motorcycles, when he got into them, he said, well, I got into them through riding them. They're beautiful. Riding a motorcycle is like being a puppy, isn't it? It's a nice thing to say. So we'll jump back in time then, as I said. Now, um, as I also said, I got into Kiana around the late 1980s, early 1990s. And this was when he was starting to become hot property in films like Parenthood, and Aunt Julia and the scriptwriter, Point Break, the Bill and Ted movies, and there were also more artsy offerings like My Own Private Idaho, which I'm going to be talking to you about in another post, actually. Now that film, uh, the latter, My Own Private Idaho, it also starred deceased actor River Phoenix, who was another real favourite of mine, and who, I think it does have to be said, did possess a lot more range and a greater acting ability than dear Keanu. Now as I said, I'll come back to the topic of River later on. Now, those early films that Keanu did were quite an eclectic mix, really, um, many of which I saw. And um, throughout all of them, I think, that essential Keanu sweetness was often very noticeable, uh, plus the off-kilter quality of some of his characters. And it was only, I think, when Keanu started to go for the more ambitious roles, like Don Juan in Kenneth Branagh's Much Ado About Nothing and Jonathan Harker in Francis Ford Coppola's interpretation of Dracula that things began to founder, well-intentioned as he might have been. Yes, well, the English accent in Dracula that I mentioned earlier being a case in point, and I'm sorry, Keanu, you are trying, but it was laughable. Um, not quite as bad as Dick Van Dyke in Mary Poppins, but still definitely, oh dear, just kind of laughable, really. So we had him saying things like, I was impotent with fear. I know where the bastard sleeps. I brought him there. It, it sounded like, and I, I nicked this from a review I saw somewhere, but I agreed, it sounded like Ted doing a piss-take imitation of an English accent. So not one of Keanu's finest moments there. 
However, um, before all of these attempts to strike out to an international market, Keanu Reeves actually made a few homegrown movies in the late 1980s, often playing teenage stoner dude types hanging out in American towns and rebellious characters. Now, one of these was a film called The Prince of Pennsylvania, I don't know how many of you remember that, done in about 1987-88, and in it Keanu plays a character called Rupert Marquetta, who's a young man living in a small mining town where there isn't very much going on he's bored and frustrated with his parents and he's actually having an affair with an older woman um now uh, i don't have that film on dvd or anything like that but i do remember very vividly a scene when he arrives on his motorcycle he takes off his helmet and um, we see that he's got this brilliant asymmetric haircut it's all long down one side and then all cropped and short at the other and it looked pretty cool and radical for the time the movie itself um wasn't world changing but as an artsy and quirky comedy i thought it worked pretty well now that Around the same time, there was also the much grittier movie River's Edge that Keanu did. This one was about a group of teenagers in a North California town who are forced to deal with their friend's murder of his girlfriend and the subsequent disposal of her body. So pretty heavy stuff there. In the film, Keanu played one of the teenagers, Matt. and The film had a good cast. It included Crispin Glover, who was also in Back to the Future as George McFly, and who also later appeared as um, the hair-sniffing, creepy, thin man in the rebooted Charlie's Angels movies, those ones with Drew Barrymore. And Dennis Hopper is also in River's Edge, uh, an actor who's always specialised in playing stock psycho characters. Now, I've got to say, actually, um, unfortunately, I don't remember that much about River's Edge. And again, I don't have a copy anymore. I did have it on VHS once upon a time, but that has long gone. Um, But I do remember that it was compelling and definitely thought-provoking in the way that it dealt with the darker side of teenage life. Um, So gritty and interesting um, as a film for Keanu to do early in his career. The last but not least um, was a film that he did called Permanent Record, um, a film which I just downloaded on Amazon Prime and I re-watched just the other day after many years and I, I also had this one on VHS. Um, The movie was produced around 1988 and I think it makes an interesting comparison with Bill and Ted Face the Music because it's right at the other end of his career. I've got to say I did really enjoy watching this movie again. So the premise is that it's set in the state of Oregon and um, some of the movie is filmed in Portland and it's about a group of high school kids and Keanu plays one of the high school uh, students, Chris Townsend, who's a quirky outsider, his trademark, and his best friend is a guy called David Sinclair and both of them play in the same band. Now, David's an interesting character. Um, He seems to be very successful and he seems to have it all. He's smart and he's talented and he's popular and he's good-looking. And he's offered a place at a leading leading music college and university. But um, as all his personal academic expectations and the expectations of his parents start to build... 
the pressure on him becomes quite overwhelming and it seems that he's keeping his emotional problems a secret to himself and um, it's uh, a little bit into the movie when we see Keanu and Chris at um, uh, a party with their other school friends and Chris breaks away to go out and take a walk along the coast and he takes a walk to the edge of a cliff overlooking the ocean and um, Keanu unbeknown to Chris sneaks up on him and hides behind a rock and decides that he's going to sort of surprise him by jumping out from the rock when he does that David is no longer there and David has actually fallen from the cliff to his death now at first this is assumed to be a horrible accident but a little later into the story it transpires when uh, Chris gets a suicide note from David in the mail um, revealing that he just wasn't coping with things so the truth comes out there well, having watched this again, I've got to say I thought that this was one of Keanu Reeves's best and most naturalistic performances. Um, for example, the scene when he's at the cliffside and he finds out that Chris has fallen to his death, his reactions were very genuine and moving. Uh, you see him cry out, No! and then collapsing to his knees. And you can really feel the agony that he's experiencing as the realisation of what's happened kicks in. And, um, you know, it is done genuinely here. Um, the way also in which the character of Chris then has to carry the burden of what's happened from there on is often convincing, particularly uh, when he gets the suicide note. Now, going back to the plot, Chris's other friends, they decide... Uh, that they then want to put on a show in the school to commemorate David's life and his passing. And they convince the uh, school principal to let them do this. But unfortunately, the principal's superiors then step in and they decide against it. And this leads to conflict, uh, particularly with Chris. Well, we then get some more well-done Keanu scenes, um, one where he talks back to the principal and then he's taken to his office and he completely flips out and smashes a window, resulting in him getting suspended. Um, probably the best scene, though, I thought, was one in which Chris, still consumed with a lot of pain, goes drink driving and he drives past David's parents' house and almost runs over David's little kid brother in the process, swerving out of the way just in time. And we see David's dad absolutely furious with Chris. Chris ends up collapsing into his arms and sobbing apologetically and the whole thing acts as like a kind of catharsis. Um, so again, some very well done scenes there from Mr Reeves. Now, cutting to the quick, and, and here comes a spoiler for those of you that haven't seen the movie, so you can either switch off now or fast forward. Um, the film does end happily. Uh, the school kids get their way, and they're able to perform uh, a song in honour of David um, during a school performance of HMS Pinafore. One of the lead females in the, the musical, she stops doing her singing bit and she sings this impromptu song and um, the whole audience uh, for the musical end up standing up and applauding even the head now I remember reading a review that said this was a moment of a cheesy togetherness in inverted commas and you could view it that way a bit American a bit sentimental but I thought that it was nicely done and it sort of ends the film on a fairly kind of upbeat note as well so, all in all, um, an enjoyable film and uh, a good piece of drama, and for me, definitely one of Keanu's best. Okay, well, um, that 
about leaves it for today guys but um if you haven't had a chance to see those keanu movies do go and check them out i would recommend them so as i mentioned earlier in my post next week i am going to be talking to you about one of my favorite movies starring keanu and river phoenix as mentioned my own private idaho so i look forward to talking to you about that later on um, and sharing my thoughts Well, until then, guys, I wish you all a most excellent week. Enjoy yourselves. I'll talk to you soon. Bye for now.